Welcome to Revival, night number two, night number two. Did we have an awesome service yesterday? Was that a great time? Great services all day. God has been here moving and working. 
and it's just been a wonderful time. And we are back, but the Lane Sergeant is back. We are here ready to have another wonderful service, and we're excited that you're here. I know tonight is usually CR night, so thank you for uh, inviting the rest of us to come and be a part of things. It's going to be a wonderful night. Amen? We're going to get out in the aisles right now, welcome each other to church, and we are going to have church. Amen? Let's greet one another.
Now listen, we're gonna sing that again. And it's not just a filler because the pastor was still shaking hands out here. This is a song that is in one of the anthems of the church. When we talk about the blood, we're talking about the blood of Jesus Christ that was given and sacrificed for all of our sins. How many perfect people do we have in here tonight? That's what I thought. Ain't none of us perfect. Ain't none of us that were ever good enough or worthy enough. But thank God that Jesus Christ gave his life. Paul said, oh wretched man that I am, who can save me from myself? from all the junk. He said, all the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I should do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, he said, those are the things I do. Anybody ever been there before? He said, but oh, wretched man that I am, who can save me? And he says, I thank my Lord through Jesus Christ. I am, how many of you are redeemed tonight? The blood paid the price so that you and I could seek mercy and grace and forgiveness. And we have that tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What can wash away my sin? Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Oh, it's nothing but the blood. He's worthy. He's worthy tonight of our praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you have been touched so far in three services? All right. Amen. How many testify with the other that you know someone else who's been touched and delivered? Now we are so thankful tonight for where we are. This is service number four. I call it round four. Round four because I believe not only are we walking through that gate of heaven that we opened up in service last night. But I also believe that we are prevailing against the very gates of hell. I believe people are being delivered. People have been saved. People have been transformed and changed. God has been working in these altars. And man, it is fantastic. The testimonies that have come forth already. And we got four, four more messages to go. So I can't hardly wait to see what God has in store for us right now. Would you just lift up your hands and your voice to God? Let's prepare our hearts, open up our mind and spirit, Lord, to whatever you have for us. We've come ready to receive. We've come expecting in anticipation, Lord, of the move of your Holy Ghost. We honor you tonight and we bless your name. We praise you. You are worthy of our praise. You're worthy, Lord, of our honor and glory. We give you the honor and the thanks for it all tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I confer. Hey, why don't you just do that? Give the Lord praise one more time. Amen.
Has anybody got a shout? Anybody got a shout? I mean, I'm saying, we got one. We got one. I mean, I'm talking a victorious shout. The Bible says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That's what we've got. Clap your hands unto the Lord and shout. Clap your hands and shout. Amen. I remember, I told y'all last night about a message he preached back in 1981 called Quit Staggering, which I never have forgotten. But I remember another message he preached where he, he made it very clear. He said, man, you want to run the devil off. You want to run him out of your house. You want to run him out of your life. You want to run him, get him on the run. The Bible says resist the enemy and he'll flee from you. He said one night, he told us, he said, start, what was he, he said, he had us clapping that night and the enemy was running I'm telling you there are, there are ways that you and the Bible declares that we are more than overcomers we're more than victorious through Christ Jesus so we have that promise amen I want you to be seated our ushers are coming to serve you tonight as we give you an opportunity to worship the Lord with your gifts and as we pray I want us to pray for brother John McKinney tonight Went by Atrium Hospital and had prayer with him just now. And he is, he's just going through it. He's got a lot going on. As you know, he has kidney dialysis and just all kinds of things going on. I told him, I said, John, I'm going to have everyone in that house tonight praying for you. And he started to cry there in his hospital bed. You know, we don't always know what our brothers and our sisters are going through. Amen. I want us to pray for him. And how many of you have a, would say, I have a special need as well, Pastor. I want in on that prayer. I need God to do a miracle in my life and my family. Amen. So we're going to pray as we pray over our offering. Thank you for your gifts. Thank you for blessing brother and sister Sergeant tonight with your gifts. Give deep. Pull out what you've got and let it be an honor to God for the way that God is using them to bless and touch us in these services. You can't pay enough for that, can you? About 10 people agreed with me. You can't pay enough for that, can you? Amen. We are interactive here. This is a, one of those interactive churches. I've often told people, the more you say amen and the more you nod in affirmation, the quicker we get out. I said that one time and I had a unanimous amen from the entire crowd. Let's pray. Father, as we come to you tonight, we honor you and bless you again. We pray that you will touch the, the gifts that are given, our offerings that, Lord, are not given to men or to a church, but they're given to you. And for the ministry, Lord, that you have called the sergeants to, we give tonight asking you to bless and touch your people, minister strength and grace to them, and Lord, meet needs in their lives through us as we give tonight. We honor you for it. We pray for every hand that was lifted up, Lord, for every circumstance and situation where you are needed. We know that, God, you care about every need in our lives, and there's nothing that is too hard for you. Lord, we believe in the miraculous power of God to intervene. We pray that you will especially touch John McKinney tonight who's in that hospital room knowing that we're praying. By faith, we all lift him up in the name of Jesus. Ask you to heal his body, touch him from head to foot and let him feel the power and the presence of his God, raising him up in great strength. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ as we ask it all in the honor of your name and to your glory. And everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless you. We're going to take it. 
Praise the Lord. Let's do a little more. Praise the Lord. Let's do a lot more. Let's increase it again with a shout. 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 shout, okay? I want one like you did when Ohio State won the championship. Oh, you know what you're doing? Ohio State won the championship. How did you react when they won? Well, now I'm about to call all y'all a bunch of hypocrites. Do I have any Ohio State fans in here? Well, who else do you pull for up here? <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that one alone. Well, I know I know everybody pulls for Jesus, but I wanted a sound out of you like you do when they score touchdowns. There you go. There you go. Come on. See, what are we doing? He comes on wings of praise. got something in store for you tonight but it's time for you to open yourself up to be receptive to what he has you're not going to receive from him he's not going to come and spoon feed you he's not going to open you up and say okay here it is he's going to say if you want it it's yours he always serves a buffet and on that buffet is everything that you need but it's up to you to get up and get your tray and get your plate and fill it up do I have any people here tonight who want to go to the buffet That's better. I'll let you sit down. Thank you, worship team. Tonight is Celebrate Recovery. Do I have anybody from Celebrate Recovery? How many of you are recovering? How many of you are recovering? I've been recovering for 50 years. Amen. Glad to have you tonight. Well, we, we invaded your space. Thank you. We appreciate you allowing that tonight. Thank you again, Pastor Ray. Thank you, church, for your giving, your investment in our ministry. God is doing absolutely unbelievable things this week. 
my wife, Judy, I don't mention her a lot. I want to mention her tonight. This lady has put up with me for 52 years. You should have seen me before she got me. But she also wanted me to explain to you tonight, that I love this lady, but she doesn't stand very much. Last time we were with you, she had had knee surgery. This time she's had foot surgery. So you know what she does to me to keep me in line. She's hurt her knee and hurt her foot. And I'm bruised from top to bottom. Again, we love you. I believe God has something for you tonight because he's given me messages that I'm not really that familiar with. But for some reason, standing over there tonight, he said he wanted me to tell you that tonight's message, if you want to put a title on it, is called the 7-Eleven Principle. The 7-Eleven Principle. Turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. Genesis chapter 7, verse 11. I believe in the past three services we have witnessed the opening of heaven above us. Do you believe that? Yes. Someone testified to me today. Uh, the, I, don't, I guess they're here tonight. I, can't, I don't know who is here and who's not. He came up to me. I'm staying over here in the hotel, and he came up, and he's staying over because he had a house fire. He said, we prayed for his wife. Where are you? There you are, John. Prayed for his wife, I believe you told me, and she's been able to turn her oxygen down. We don't want her to turn it down. We want her to turn it off. Amen. We're going to keep praying. Amen. Another lady, I know you're here tonight. I saw you. You came up to me and told me you'd had a headache for three days, and you haven't had one since. Is that true? Where are you at? Kind of wave at me. Where are you? Hey, way over there. All right. See, we must testify. Somebody said, I can't tell people about Jesus. All you got to do is testify. Who is the greatest writer in the, in the New Testament? His name was the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, if you were to walk up to him and say, tell me about it. He said, I want to tell you, I was riding down the street on a horse and I fell on the ground. All of a sudden, I was blind. I didn't know what was going on, but then I heard a voice speak to me and said, why are you persecuting me? And I really didn't know who he was, but all of a sudden, I recognized it was Jesus. I had to go to a man's house while I was blind, and he laid hands on me, and he opened my eyes, and now I can see. See, another man got healed by Jesus, and he, they came up to him and said, oh, tell us what happened. He said, I don't know what to tell you. All I know is I was blind, I can see. See, it doesn't take much to let people know that Jesus is Lord. It doesn't take much to let people know that Jesus is on the throne. He does all things at all times, at any place, at any time. Can I challenge you again tonight? And I know I offer, you've got your Bible open. I know I gave you one of those easy ones, Genesis. Anybody can find that. But let me tell you, I want to challenge you. In this week, I want to hear a testimony from you. Not that God just healed you or did something in your life. I want a testimony from numbers of you that you were in the shopping mall or you were at the supermarket or you were at work. And let me tell you what I did. I shared with somebody and they got saved and they got healed. I'm scaring some of you. Don't draw back. It's time for us to reach out to this world. We are running out of time, folks. We're running out of time, and you got to understand something. Years ago, 
And here I go again, and I'm not chasing rabbits, I'm just talking, okay? Uh, years ago, a man was the man who was called the flagman on the railroad. And as the flagman on the railroad, if there was a problem or a bridge was out down where the trussle was at, he would stand out there as the train was coming and he would wave a red flag. And any time the engineer saw the red flag, he would stop. Say, I can't go any further. This man is telling us, he's warning us, there's danger ahead. He said, but one day he went out there, the bridge was out, he runs out there, he begins to wave his flag. The train just zipped on by. And he went off in the ravine and people were killed. And they came back, the engineer happened to make it through the accident and they said to him, "What? why didn't you stop? He said, he didn't wave a red flag. He said, when he put it up in the air, he said, no, the flag he was raising was kind of an orange colored. You know what happened? The flag that was red faded in time. We don't need to let our testimony fade in time. We don't need to wave a flag that doesn't look right. See, we can't wave a flag and say, well, it's a hope so or maybe so. Folks, there's people out there right now dying and going to hell. We need to start waving a flag. Come on, you still with me? We need to let them know that Jesus is their hope in life and he is their only hope. He is their only way. That's just an extra added attraction, no charge, okay? 7-Eleven. Now, in the, hundred, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, in that day, all the fountains of the deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened up. How do we continue and open heaven. How do we continue for God to do what he is doing? Is anybody here tonight would love to live under an open heaven? See, it was Jesus in his prayer. He said, let your will be done on earth as it is. And the only way that can happen, happen is heaven is open. I'm like, Hello? You got, to, you got to get this in your spirit because I want you to understand this 7-Eleven principle is the only way you're going to open heaven is to have a brokenness down here. That's why when you get in this altar sometime or somebody prays with you or I pray with you or the pastor prays with you, all of a sudden you begin to weep because he said, you know what attracts God? A broken and contrite spirit. You know what that word broken means in Hebrew? It means you have been crushed. Isn't it amazing most of the time in our life we just kind of sail along until something happens? We don't pray like we should until we get in trouble. We don't pray like, we, we don't, you know, let me tell you something. You get your, you or your family in a situation where you are in a crisis, you will call on this church. Because you want somebody to pray with you. But let's not make our life to the places that we are lackadaisical about it, that we don't do any praying much until we have to. See, you need to realize that prayer is a privilege. It's not that God doesn't want you to rush in. I've been in uh, Israel, and to, I don't know how many times I've been there, but one of the things that uh, amazed me was going up the steps to the temple into the courtyard, into the, where they had the Holy of Holies, those steps were staggered. You, you couldn't walk a step like that. They had a big step and a short step, a, bit, a step, a long step, a short step. And the reason they said they did that is because you can't run up those steps because you don't have a right to just run into the presence of God. Whew. 
You ever wonder some Sundays why you can't get people focused? You ever wonder why you're leading worship and you're feeling it and everything's going good and you're singing well and everybody's just like ho-hum? It's because we can't leave what we were doing that may have not had anything to do with God and just run in here. You know, you ever wonder what it would be like in this house if every one of you before you walked in here spent five minutes just in your car saying, oh God, I want you to do something in this house tonight. I want you to do something miraculous. You see, what happens when you begin to pray, God shows up in your personal life. When he shows up in your personal life, your heart begins to break open. When your heart begins to break open, he takes it in his hand and he begins to do what you want him to do. See, he will not force himself into where you are, but oh, if you will give yourself to him. Somebody said, what's it like when you pray? Sometimes it's like the heavens are brass. That's what happened to Daniel. Daniel prayed and it took 21 days. What I want you to see in this tonight is you've got to understand there are three heavens. Say three heavens. The heaven where God is is the greatest place. That's where, that's where the apostle Paul said, I don't know if it's in the body or out of the body. All I know is I was beaten. They thought I was dead. And all of a sudden, I ended up into the realm called the third heaven. You know what he said about it? He said, it's so magnificent, I can't tell you. He said, I do not have words that I can pen that can tell you what I saw. I don't know about you. That makes me want to go. I like to go somewhere that's indescribable. I want you to know there is a heaven that is awaiting you and I that's going to make it worth it all. We used to sing a song that we'll understand it better by and by. No, and by and by we won't care. In the by and by it's all over. In the by and by you step across to the other side and you enter into the third heaven. And when you enter into the third heaven, it'll be worth it all. Somebody said, oh, when I get to heaven, I want to see you and I want to see you and I want to see. No, no, no. I want to see Jesus. The rest of you are going to have to wait because I'm going to Jesus. There is no one magnificent, more lovely, more glorious, more great than my Jesus. There's nothing that can replace him. There's nothing that can substitute for him. There's nothing that can take his place because Jesus is Lord of all. He is the magnificent one who paid the price, who gave his life, who ascended into heaven. And when I get there, I'm going to bow before him for the first thousand years and I'm not even going to move. I'm just going to praise him. I'm just going to praise him. I'm just going to praise him. Does anybody want to go to heaven? Because there is open heaven. Oh, See, there's the third heaven, and then there's the second heaven. The second heaven is where Satan dwells. He's the prince of the power of the air. Now listen. What is he the prince of the power of? That's not talking about the air you breathe. There is a realm between us and heaven. See, there's a third heaven I just talked to you about. There's a second heaven where the Satan is at, and there's the sky atmosphere where we live. You got it? Here's what happens to you. You pray, and you pray, and you pray, and it feels like you didn't get through. Come on, be honest with me. You, you pray, and you pray, and you pray, and you sweat, and you scream. You scream as though God's hard of hearing. 
You know, don't understand that there are times you have prayed and prayed. That's exactly what happened to Daniel in Daniel chapter 10. He prayed, but he took 21 days because in that second heaven is the realm and the domain of the prince of the power of the air. And he sent an angel, and that angel, archangel, uh, uh, Michael fought with him and it took 21 days to get the answer. Here's what the Lord said to tell you. Don't quit praying. There might be an interruption, but it's not stopped. Satan may put a roadblock there, but it's not going to stop what God's going to do. I wish I could tell you every time I prayed a prayer, every time I prayed, every time, every time I prayed, he answered just like that. No, it doesn't work that way. Because there is a war above us. See, if he could peel back the atmosphere above us, you would see that not only are there angels that are taking care of you, but there are the demon forces that are trying to hinder the will of God. And when you understand that, then you understand your prayer sometimes. How many has ever prayed it just, it just got through? I have. But most of the time, you pray, you pray, and you pray, and you pray, but eventually you get through. You know when to quit praying? Somebody used to tell me, say, well, you, you stop praying when you get the answer. Oh, no, that's when you pray more into praise. See, don't just get the answer and walk away. Don't be like the nine who were healed, ten were healed, and nine walked away, but one come back and said, I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to tell you how much I praise you. I, I, you brought me from a mighty long way. You don't. You know I was there, and you brought me here. I prayed this prayer, and you answered it. Say it again. He is the prince of the power of the air. Say prince. But let me give you some good news. He's the prince, but Jesus is the king. And the king always supersedes the prince. I don't care what he does, he'll always be a prince. I got news for you. Jesus, the Lord, the king, went in to the heart of the earth and got those keys from death, hell, and the grave from the devil. Guess what? The devil doesn't even have a key to his house. He can't even get in. He's just out there in the realm somewhere. But I got to tell you something. He doesn't ever give up. But I know one as greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Say it with me. Say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. See, when you understand there is a realm above you, that's why the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 6, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. What does that mean? Quit fighting with your neighbor. You know what the enemy's done to us in America? He is trying to get us to fight each other. He's trying to get us to say, well, I don't like what he did. He said to pray for those people. Hello. You say, do you love them? I love them. I just don't like what they do. Is that okay? But we've got to realize the war that we are waging and is being waged against us is a war that cannot be won in flesh and blood. We wrestle not. Say wrestle. You got to understand when he's talking about this, you got to wrestle. 
You've got to be willing, even if you feel like you've been pinned to the floor and he's about to count you out, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to say, you may have me down, but I'm going to get back up. They asked Joe Lewis years ago, how do you keep fighting? He said, I keep in my mind, I'm going to fight one more round. I'm telling somebody needs to hear this right now. Fight one more round. You can't fight 15. You can't fight 10. You can't fight two. Fight one more round. Hear me. Fight, fight, fight. Woo. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what you're fighting against. I'm going to do a little side note here, y'all. Judy will help bring me back. Go back and read the book of Ephesians. How many of you have ever heard that scripture before? We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Everybody's familiar with that. But I want to familiarize you with the first verse. You know what it says? First, second verse there? Honor. Honor your mom and dad. Honor your wife. Honor your employer. Why put that there? Here's my point. We don't learn how to honor one another. Therefore, you end up in the 12th verse in a fight. Hello. Y'all looking at me, so I'm about to let it go. I'm going to stay right here. We've got to learn to honor. Mm. We've got to be able to celebrate somebody else's victory even if we're still sick in our body. We've got to celebrate somebody else's victory. If somebody gave them a million dollars and you're still broke as you can be, you still must celebrate. Now, folks, I'm telling you something's hard to do, but we need to learn to celebrate each other. Don't hold back and say, well, I don't know why the Lord won't bless me. Well, he won't if you do that. Honor, honor, honor what God does. Honor. Somebody needs this. The more you honor somebody, the more they're drawn to you. Hear me. I feel like getting all the staff of this church up here telling you this one more time. Honor each other and honor one another. And the more people you honor, the more they are drawn to you. That was just a side note. Everybody get it? Say amen. Honor is the key, folks. Celebrate people's victories. Celebrate with them. And then somebody will be celebrating with you. See, what I want you to see here is there is a heavens. There is the atmosphere. There's the third heaven. But we're fighting. See, when, when you begin to pray, and as you're praying, and you can't get your prayer through, do I have anybody here tonight who's baptized with the Holy Spirit? Do I have anybody here who's baptized with the Holy Spirit that has ever experienced speaking in tongues? Do you know why you speak with tongues? Not for somebody standing beside you that knows you feel with the Holy Spirit. Your speaking in tongues is an intercession between you and your Father. Woo! There's times when I was a kid, I just needed to talk to my daddy. I, nobody else needed to know. It was just something I needed to talk to him about. Are you still with me? Come on. We need to learn that we have been given the gift of tongues for one reason is to communicate with the Father. 
You know what happens when you communicate with the Father through speaking in tongues? When you speak in tongues, your prayer begins to wing its way through the atmospheric heavens into the second heaven where the devil is, and he doesn't have a clue what you're saying no more than you do. He doesn't know what's going on, so he doesn't know what to hinder. It takes it away from him, and then it moves right straight on into the third heaven, and seated upon the throne of God at the right hand is Jesus, and he receives that intercession because he said, I won't leave you comfortless. I will send you another comforter. And when you begin to pray in the spirit, everything you're praying is making its way into the very presence of God. And Jesus is making intercession for you while the Holy Ghost is making intercession through you. My Lord, what more could you want than to know that you're a child of God, baptized with the Holy Spirit, praying in an unknown tongue? See, the enemy, I might as well stay right here and preach a little. The enemy has tried to even cause the church of God, who is a Pentecostal denomination, to minimize speaking in tongues. We do have some churches who say, if you want to pray and receive the Spirit, we're going to put you in a separate room. Hello? Why? I am unashamed. I know who I am. I'm not going to hurt somebody with it. I'm not going to do it so somebody will know I'm spiritual or something. I'm going to do it because, ooh. Romans chapter 8 verse 26 says, when you know not what to pray for as you ought, the Spirit himself prays through you. Prays through you. What is that? That's that speaking in tongues. Because you don't know how to pray, he knows how to pray. You know what happens to me when I don't know how to pray? He prays through me because if I pray it in my own English, I mess it up. You know, sometimes, you know what I've discovered? When I think I'm praying and seeking God, I'm really just worrying him. That's just me. But if you'll get down to business, the Spirit himself, the Spirit Spirit himself will pray through you in those unutterable utterances. You know what's happening? There's a Hebrew word in Joshua 19. That Hebrew word in Joshua 19 is interchangeable with a Greek word here in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, and it's called intercession. Well, the word that's used in Joshua 19, Joshua 19 describes the tribes and the boundaries of the properties that God assigned to them. This is your property, and they built fence. This is yours, this is another. And it says this boundary, this boundary. So what it was saying was, this is his property, that's his property, that's their property, that's that tribe's property. When you get over into Romans chapter 8, verse 26, the same word, intercession, you know what it's saying? Every time you speak in tongues, every time God is praying through you by the Holy Spirit, he's building a boundary. You know what you're doing? You're marking off your property. You're marking it off. See, I own a house in Dora, Alabama. I really don't own it. I'm trying to buy it back from the bank, okay? But my name's on the deed. It's my property. There's a property line that is there that says, that's my property. I've got a fence around the backyard. I've got a right to build a fence to keep animals out and keep snakes out. Keep all, you understand? But see, when I pray in the Holy Spirit, when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, he says, this is Lane Sergeant and he's my property. This is Lane Sergeant and he's my property. This is Lane Sergeant. 
He's my property. You'll understand that on all four sides, I'm enclosed by the power of God. And when you understand praying in the spirit, the devil is on the outside. I've got the gate shut. I've got the fence up by the power of the Holy Spirit. All he can do is scream at me. Somebody give him praise. Come on, give him praise. I don't know who needed that, but say, I got it. So you got to get it because you are his property. You belong to him. And he knows Satan can't cross the bloodline. Whew. I don't know why you're not shouting about that. What more do you want? That's it. Well, I just got saved yesterday. You got the same rights as I do. I just got saved an hour ago. You got the same rights as I do. There are no elevation points in the kingdom of God. We all stand the same at the foot of the cross, and I'm no higher than you, and you're no higher than me. We're a part of the family, and we're covered by the blood, and I want you to know he cannot cross that bloodline. Quit living in fear. God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Woo. Woo. You better get ready. I got a whoop coming. It's coming from my shoes. Listen to me. When you understand your relationship with him, he draws those boundaries around you. And the scripture says in the book of 1 Peter that Satan as a roaring lion. Say that with me. Say, as a roaring lion. Say that again. I want you to get it. As a roaring Can you listen to what you said? He's not a roaring lion. If he is, the Lord's pulled his teeth. And he can't do anything but gum on you. Hello? As a roaring lion. Do you know that as a lion gets older, he can't run as fast? And you know what he will do? He will get the younger lions of the pride, and he will put them on one side in the jungle, and he gets on the other side, and an unsuspecting animal begins to walk between them. He puts his nose against the ground and growls. And because of the ground, you know what it does? It amplifies what he's doing. And the animal thinks that he can't run that way when if he would look at it and he'd run toward the noise, that old lion couldn't catch him. But what he does is he runs away. And when he does, the young ones are waiting on him over here. Let me tell you what. Do not be afraid to walk straight at the voice of the devil. Do not be afraid to say he is just a roaring lion. He's just an old slew foot. He doesn't have any power. He has been wrenched of his power. There is no power in him because the greatest power is in me and it's the power of the Holy Ghost. Woo! Do you understand who you are? You don't have the Holy Ghost to be called Pentecostal. You have the Holy Ghost to fight. You have the Holy Ghost to wage war. 
wasn't raised in this. Some of you weren't. I came in this Pentecostal movement, got baptized with the Holy Ghost. You know who I got most criticism from? My family. They didn't understand. My mom would say, I always wanted you to be my little one. She named the church preacher. I said, Mom, I am. I'm just baptized with the Holy Ghost and they won't accept me. <laughs> Hello. You've got to make up your mind that there's a reason that you have the power of God within you. I'm trying to get to where I thought I was going. Y'all better pray. I got five points. I don't know if I can get to it. If I don't know, do it later. Listen to me. You've got to understand what is within you. Understand your identity in him gives you the authority to stand up. Not long ago, there's a they're, they're trying to open up an interstate all the way from where we live all the way into Birmingham. They've only been working on it 35 years. So maybe they'll finish it between the, now and the rapture. I don't know. But they've got a little side road that you get off on and you have to go back through there to get back to the interstate. And I wasn't paying attention. Now, I might as well confess, I'm not going to be some holy holy about speeding because sometimes I speed, okay? I, but that day I wasn't paying attention. She and I were talking about something. That was on the phone. And when I was on the phone, I wasn't paying attention, and I didn't look. Speed limit was 40. I was only doing 65. But guess what? I broke the law. And I looked in my rearview mirror and I saw blue lights. It doesn't bother me. Judy liked to pass down. I rolled down my window. I handed him my license. I handed him my registration. And I took my medicine. Hello? Why? Not because he was strong enough. He didn't get out in front of my car and put his hand on the hood and say, you're not going anywhere. Quit trying to hold the devil back with your hand. I wish I'd have brought it in. If I had time, I'd get somebody to go get it in my car. I got a badge. I am a part of the police department in Jasper, Alabama, and I've got a badge. And in fact, the police chief told me, he said, sometimes if you get pulled over, just lay it up on you. Just lay it up. I, I didn't think quick enough that day. I should have. I didn't. <laughs> I, had to, I had to pay the fine. But you, if the man had seen the badge, he would have said, that's authority. Hello. That man walked up to me, blue lights flashing. I'd pulled over. He had a badge here. Had one of those Smokey the Bear hats on, you know. All that was going on. I didn't question anything. I didn't do that. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. I, I bowed down. If he'd have wanted me to, I'd have got out on the ground and kissed his feet <laughs> to get out of having to pay a fine. Are you still with me? You ever been there? Yeah. Why? He has authority. Say Authority. We have authority. We don't have power. Oh, I know we have the power of the Holy Ghost. But what I want you to know, he has given you authority. And when the devil shows up and he's speeding right in on your life, get out your bags, the holy word of God, and flash it to him and stop him in his tracks. Say it with me again, authority. Woo! See, the devil's hoodwinked us. 
He wants to make us a bunch of namby-pambies. It's time to speak up. Oh, my Lord. I'll get back to 7-Eleven either this year or next year when I come back, okay? I just can't go there. But he won't. Let me, let me show what kind of authority you have. How many know Jesus lives in you? And we said it a while ago, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Then we have the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So you have all of that within you. Do you know that the Bible describes God like this? Now, he's the one that lives in you. Now, listen to this. God is the one in Rome, in Psalm chapter 8. Do you know what it says he did? <laughs> it says that he took his finger and said, blip, blip, blip. I'm doing the sound of X. I don't know if it sounded that way. <laughs> star, star, just with his finger. Well, folks, that's power. Then all of a sudden he said, son, and the son said, okay, you with me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Peggy, your daddy used to preach a sermon. He did it when Judy was pregnant. We wanted crystal, and I think we was preaching here in Ohio. I believe it was. And he preached a message on trees, please. God said, trees, please. Water, please. Animals, please. So Judy went up to him after service and said, girl, please. <laughs> you know what we got? We got a girl. But he just took his finger. Look at this. It would be like you dabbing your finger in paint on a canvas. Folks, that's power. Did you hear me? That's power. He put the sun in our solar system. You know, he said, I, I think I'll put some planets there. He said, he said you know what, with my finger, I, I'm going to put the earth there. And I'm going to create an earth that's, that's enveloped with an atmosphere where people can live. I said, that's power. But let me go on a little bit. The book of Hebrews says that he scooped up the mountains with his hands. You know, on the way I can even understand that, it'd be like me sitting on the beach making a sandcastle there. Just scoop in my hand. I, that was that easy to God. He just said, I, I, I think I'll, see, I lived in Arkansas four years. I've just been back out there a couple of weeks ago. And they say they have mountains. And I say, no, you don't. You got hills. But the Lord said, I'm going to make these Ozarks. Then he said, you know what? I think I'm going to make them a little bit bigger. So he went over to the Smokies. Yeah. Then he said, you know what? I don't think that's enough. So he went to the Rockies. Hello. I've been to Switzerland. Ain't nothing compared to that, folks. They're big, but all they did was do. Where's that power reside? In me. Hello? Hello? If he can make the stars with his finger and he can make the mountains with his hands, one more scripture in Isaiah 53, it says, with the strong arm of God, he redeemed us. Now listen to me. It took power of a finger to put the universe. It took the power of his hands to build the mountains. But when he got ready to redeem us, he rolled his sleeve up. 
Do you understand how important you are to him that he said, I'm going to take the strong arm of the Lord and I'm going to scoop down in earth and I'm going to send my son and I'm going to redeem lost mankind and I'm going to bring them back. Does anybody know the power of God? Has anybody experienced the power of God? Has anybody ever walked in the power of God? Let me tell you something. He is the God of all power. Beside him, there is no other. And Jesus is seated at his right hand. You are praying in the spirit. And while you are praying in the spirit, your prayer is making its way. God is seated on the throne. Say amen. amen. Who's at his right hand? Who? Jesus. So Jesus is at his right hand. Our redeemer. You begin to pray. And your prayer goes up. And the holy God of all says, I really can't look at that. Then Jesus says, let me cover it with my blood. Not understanding, folks. The only way you get to God the Father is through Jesus the Son. And the only way you get through Jesus the Son is you're covered by the blood. Woo! I, I wish it was going to move the pews for you to run. But I feel it, folks. Do you understand it? That power he's seated in. Can I give you just a little lesson right here? Seated at the right hand, if a judge during Oriental times is making a decision, he's seated here. On the judge's right hand is the one who says not guilty. On the judge's left hand is the one who condemns. Where's Jesus? Come on, talk to me. Jesus is at the right hand. Who's on the left hand? There's nobody there. What I want you to understand, there is no provision for me to be condemned when Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Do you understand who you are? Do you understand how important you are? Do you understand how valuable you are? Do you understand he loved you enough that he sent Holy Ghost power and gave you authority? a little bit of this yesterday morning so if you're here to early service God bless you but you've got to show him who you are amen I used the illustration yesterday morning in the early service where a man who worked for the agricultural department was sent on the track to inspect cattle He'd go from farm to farm to farm. He got to this farmer's house, or they met him out at the barn. He said, I've got to go inspect your cattle. He said, you can't. No. He said, sir, I've got to go inspect your cattle. He said, no, you can't do that. The man reached in his pocket, flipped out a badge, said the Department of Agriculture, United States of America. He said, go ahead. About five minutes later, here comes the man running. He's running across the hill. He's making track. Man, he can't run fast enough. He said, hey, your bull is after me. <laughs> he said, I told you you couldn't go in there. And the next thing he said to him was, show him your badge. <laughs> Hello? 
I challenge you when he's chasing you, show him your badge. He can't handle the power of a Christian baptized with the Holy Spirit that's willing to stand up and say, I know in whom I have believed and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed to him against that day. Does anybody know who I'm talking about? Does anybody know the authority you have? It's time for the church to quit being wimpy. We have the power of God. Give him praise again. Oh, oh. The next step is, and I'm not going to 7-Eleven, so we may get it, we may not. Listen. The next step is, use your authority. I was with you last uh, May. Last June, a friend of mine who's the overseer of Arizona called me. He said, I've had my youth director, who's the pastor of a church, has left the church. He's moved back to California. Would you come out and help me? I said, sure. Well, first, I found out Arizona's not the best place to be in the summer. <laughs> it kind of reminded me that I don't want to go to the other place, okay? It's 115 degrees, okay? But as we were flying out there, I purchased tickets. He wanted Judy to come with me. I guess everybody's learned I'm not going anywhere without her because she's my helpmate. She's my love. She is my strength, okay? That's just the way it is. When you ask for one, you get us both. Now, listen to me. We were flying on the airplane. We landed in Houston, Texas. We ate some lunch, I think it was. Waited on the next plane to go to Phoenix. Got on the plane. As we were getting on the plane, there was a young lady, very young, I guess younger than my daughter. In fact, her name was Crystal, like my daughter. She was pushing a wheelchair, and in the wheelchair was her 17-year-old daughter. Her 17-year-old daughter could not even get up out of the wheelchair. She had to have a walker, and that walker was laying across her lap. They were waiting in line because Judy had had surgery on her. Uh, knee, the good, the benefit of that is I got to put her in a wheelchair and get on first, okay? And we were behind them, and we were loading, and we loaded, and I always let Judy sit on the front, even if I had to take the second seat, because that gave her room for her leg, but she happened to sit down beside this lady and her daughter. So we take off, and you have to, you, how many of you know Judy Sargent? She's never met a stranger, okay? She'll talk to anybody anywhere, okay? And that's good. And she struck up a conversation. I wasn't paying attention. I think I probably had my earbuds in. I was listening to something or watching something. I don't know. And all of a sudden, Judy reaches over to me. She said, honey, you've got to move over and sit over here where I'm at, and I'll sit over there where you are. I thought, well, that's strange. But I usually know I obey, okay? I've learned in 52 years to be obedient. And what happens is I sit down beside the lady, and she kind of shared with me that her daughter was sick, or she couldn't walk. She couldn't walk. That was the problem. And I think she had developed, was it spinal meningitis or something like that? Something like that. She was 17 years old, and I struck up a conversation too. In fact, you had given her a prayer cloth, I think, already. As we began to talk about it, the lady began to share with me. Her daughter was an avid basketball player. She was on the team. She could play. She loved it. She even played against men, okay, and could win that way. 
But she looked at me and she said, she is told she'll never walk again and she'll never play basketball again. Holy Spirit said, why don't you pray for her? Now, folks, this is on an airplane. Hello. Show your badge. Come on. She said, she said, well, I want to tell you that I'm on my way to, uh, I'm landing in Phoenix, and I'm going to a place outside of, I don't think it was Tucson, someplace. And she said, there's a man there who's written a book on healing, and I'm taking her for him to heal my daughter. Well, see, when somebody says that, that doesn't fit with me, okay? I don't know the man's name, don't know anything about him. And the Holy Spirit said, well, tell her that I'll heal her. Hmm. I know you're looking at me and saying, you're a preacher. She said, no, it's not. I'm still human, folks. You know, let me tell you something. It's time for you to obey God. God does the miracle. You do the work. It's not your job to heal somebody. Hello. Because we, we get too busy explaining why they didn't get healed. Let's just go on. I don't understand it. So I said, give me the prayer cloth. She put, she put it in her hand. I laid my hand on hers, and we prayed. I said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you release healing virtue and let it flow into her daughter? And we're going to give her this prayer cloth, and I want you to heal her. That's all that happened. We, we talked as we, we landed. They got off the airplane. She took the prayer cloth. I said, now listen to me before you go. I said, on that prayer cloth is my cell phone number. Please text me and let me know what's going on. She said, I will. Well, that was on Saturday, wasn't it? Because we flew in on Saturday because I had to preach on Sunday. And Sunday went by. Monday went by. Tuesday went by. Third, Wednesday went by. Thursday, I heard nothing. And all of a sudden on Friday, we're headed up to Cottonwood, which is the northern part of Arizona, to preach up there. And as I was going, bing, she said, Mr. Sergeant, this is Crystal. Whew. You see, it works. She, she said, I just want to tell you that, uh, what, Tuesday, I believe it was. Tuesday of that week, my daughter began to walk. She said, uh, we're back home in Houston, and today, or yesterday, she began to run. Come on, give him praise. Now let me tell you something. All that has to do with me is obedience. The rest of it's God. He's, she sent me another text when I got home and said she's back to playing basketball. I said, good, keep in touch with me. I want her to go play for Lee University. Hello, where's Brother Carpenter? She's still in here? You need to call your son, tell him I need to get her there, okay? Here's what I want to tell you. Show your badge. You have authority. You have power. God has put something in you that somebody out there is starving for. They're out there starving, folks. Somebody just needs somebody to tell them that Jesus cares about them. Folks, let me tell you, it's, it's never easy for me to do it. But you know what? I've never been rejected and you didn't have given out 5,000 prayer cloths. It's not, it's not that it's us. It's a show my badge. I know someone who has the authority to do what I can't do. When that man stopped me, he was a highway patrol of Alabama. 
You know what it said when he stopped me? I don't have the power, but I'm backed up by the state of Alabama, the governor of Alabama, the police of Alabama, all the forces of Alabama back me up. Let me tell you, I'm looking at the devil right now, and I'm telling him I am backed up by the, all the forces of heaven. All of heaven is with me. They're backing me up, and I know that he's going to see me through, and I know that I have authority. Stand to your feet. Come on, stand up and give him praise. My Lord, Father, you changed it, and you changed it for a purpose. I don't know what you want to do. I just know you want to do it. I don't know who needs it, but you know. And Lord, I pray that in this service tonight, there will be people who will enlist themselves in your police force and they'll take on that badge and they will represent all the kingdom of heaven. Lord, it's not about church. It's about your kingdom. And your kingdom is greater than any kingdom that's ever been. And help my short one of a guy. Father, I stand here as your servant. I'm in obedience to you that whoever has a need in this house, this is their night. Whatever they need to be delivered of, this is their night. If they need to be saved, this is their night. Because I call upon all the authority of heaven. My God, my God, my God, manifest your power, manifest your glory. Let us be witnesses of your glory so we can go tell somebody. Let us be demonstrators. Let us, let others see you and us. You are the answer. You are the answer. My God, lift your hands. Church, lift your hands. My God, my God, my God. Holy Spirit is moving across this place in waves of glory right now. Receive right where you're standing. Become what he wants you to become. It's not about you, it's about him. It's not who you are, it's who he is. He is it. Woo, woo, woo. My God. As they begin to sing, I'm not going to be specific. I believe there's somebody in this house that needs healing. I believe there's somebody in this house that needs deliverance. I, need, I believe there's some people in this house that need to be re refilled with the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to know you received him 50 years ago. I want to know as he's spoken through you in the last five minutes. I want to know your relationship is better than it's ever been with him. But if you need to be renewed, you need to be healed, you need to be delivered, you need to be saved, you need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost. You are a candidate. You're a child of God. In the name of Jesus, move from your seat now. Come on. Whatever you need, come on. Come and get your authority. Come on. Jesus. Oh. Jesus.
Satan has to flee. <laughs> Adios, Come on, come on. You need to be renewed. You need to strengthen your relationship with him. You want to be obedient. It's time. to me. You that have come down for prayer, step forward toward me a little bit. If you've come to the altar for prayer, come on, step forward. Just a couple of steps. All right. Come on, step forward. I want an army of spirit-filled power authority believers to come and stand behind these. Come on. Come on. Fill it in. Oh, Lord, we're in this thing together. Can I tell you something? We're on the old ship of Zion. And on the ship of Zion, we're all workers. We're all members of the crew. There's nobody on a cruise ship. We're on a ship of battle. Everybody man your station. Everybody take your place. Everybody do what God wants you to do. My God, sing it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Satan has to flee. The name in the name in the name of
Somebody help me and give him praise. My voice is about gone. How about over here? How about right here? How about over here? Last week, while I was praying about you, the Lord took me to this scripture, and I'm going to read it, and you know what it says. After persecution, Holy Spirit fell and Baptized believers in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 3, the man walked into the temple, healed. You go on through chapter 3 into chapter 4, they came before the magistrates. They were, they were beaten. They were taken into jail. And everything was happening. Persecution began to take place. Everybody understand? Acts 4.31, after all that took place, it said, and when they had prayed. Did you hear me? You have prayed. You have been in prayer. Now listen. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. I don't know about you, but that's about as most I've been shaken in church yesterday. The place was a shaking. Hello? Look at this. Shaken, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God with boldness. You don't need to point back to your one-time experience with the Holy Ghost. This is the same people two chapters before that were baptized with the Holy Ghost and saw the tongues of fire, heard the right sound of wind, and they needed him again. Don't go a day without saying, Lord, refill me again. Refill. Lift your hands right now and say it. Let that be your prayer. Refill me again. Lord, I need your strength. I'm going through a mess. I'm going through a difficulty. I'm going through a situation. Lord, fill me again. Give me an ability to speak the word of God with boldness. Woo! Woo! Yes! Fill us one more time. I want everybody who will to stand with me if you're in the house. I want us to, in one closing prayer tonight, I want us to reach up both hands up in the air and I want us to call on him. Call on his power. Call on his power right now. Father, we ask you to lead us from this house to touch your people and minister strength to us. Lord, may we leave here and be bold, as he said, to speak the word of God, to be a light and a witness everywhere we go. May the power of your Holy Spirit guide and direct us in every word that we say, every step that we take, everything that takes place in our lives. Lord, we ask you, let it first come through your power. Let your power be at work in those who are hungry. 
When thirsty, fill them to overflowing. Let the words of God, the power of God, just meditate over inside our spirits until we are strengthened with might in the inner man. We thank you for this. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone together said amen. Amen. I've had several, there were several times it's come to me to do this. Duran, I want you to grab your wife and come right here and stand. In the service tonight, several times, the Lord has reminded me that we're not leaving here until we pray with you. Your church loves you. Your church knows it. Your church don't have to know the business. But what we're going to do right now is trust God for a miracle. I want as many prayer warriors to step up here as possible. If you will believe with them for a miracle that God has to perform in their family. Shane, I want you to come. Nikki, come with him. Somebody do something over here. There you go. Thank you, Em. We're believing right now. Begin to pray that God will perform a miracle for them. They need God to show up in a situation that we need to see it right now.
dismissing. You're free to go whenever you want to. God bless you. Come back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Come praying and believing for another wonderful night ministry. Amen. God bless you.